0: with you guys here today on saturday october 16th we are just a few days away from the opening of the nba regular season for the 2022-23 season what's up guys this is the we believe golden state warriors basketball podcast sports ethos presentation your host sam orlick here we've got a whole bunch of topics to talk about since our last show some Very, very exciting news for the future of this franchise, locking up Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins with long-term contract extensions. We've got an update on the Draymond Green situation, and as I already mentioned, the regular season just around the corner in a few days. So, let's start with Draymond. Since we last talked, we were undecided or still kind of waiting to see how this would all shake out with the, with Draymond green, when he'd return to the team, um, how much time he was going to take, if he was going to be available for the start of the regular season. Um, probably for most listeners at this point, you already know that, you know, he is back with the team. He participated in Friday's preseason dress rehearsal game against the Denver Nuggets. Ultimately, the decision made by the organization after a week's worth of discussion between players, coaches, um, as Steve Kerr mentioned, this was a very exhaustive process. Every combination of, of players and teammates and coaches and, and executives, you know, and most importantly, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green had an opportunity to discuss and converse and figure out the best path forward Um, You also had to kind of factor in uh, the the ring celebration for opening night, the ring ceremony where um, the commissioner presents the championship rings from the previous season to the NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. So with all of that in mind, the team at the end decided no suspension and there would be a fine. Uh, We don't know the, the amount of the fine. This is ultimately a team... Team matter, internal matter, um, team decision. So quick thoughts on that. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel like Draymond Green got off pretty easy, and I think that that's fairly reasonable to believe. I mean, we've seen other instances in the past, other incidents. You had Bobby Portis and Nikola Miritic with the Chicago Bulls years back that resulted in an eight-day suspension. Um, You know, there's kind of been a precedent set for these types of incidents and the repercussions, and I think that, you know, Draymond Green did, in a sense, kind of break away from that a little bit as far as how the Warriors handled it. Um, Sure, there's contributing factors, and I think most importantly, the Warriors want to win another championship, first and foremost, and so trying to further penalize Draymond or, um, kind of divide the team into camps of pro Draymond and pro pool, I think was really just a distraction from the main goal of this organization and franchise, which is to go out and win another championship while you still have all the guys together on this roster. Um, you know, I think the intangible takeaway from this suspension, fine or or not, um, you know, Draymond Green's contact, contract situation, which, you know, as I just alluded to at the top of the show, is kind of in jeopardy now after uh Poole and Wiggins just inked extensions, long-term extensions to their current deals, which we'll get into in a little bit the specifics of those deals shortly. But, you know, Draymond Green wanted a max extension. You know, I I'd, I'd like to think he wants to stick around with the Warriors. Maybe his maybe he feels a little bit differently now after the whole Jordan Poole situation. I don't know. Um but I do think that Draymond Green has really lost whatever leverage he had um coming into camp, coming into this season because there was this belief that you know, Draymond Green's the heartbeat of this team. He's the emotional leader. He is the best offensive player. You put the ball in his hands, he runs the offense. He's this high IQ kind of guy. Um, just all of these intangibles, you know, with a lot of similarities to Andre Iguodala. he just does, he makes a lot of winning plays when he's on the floor. Um, but at the same time, if he's going to cause strife and, and, Turmoil within the organization there's just no there's just no place for that on um this warriors this warriors team the the culture that has been instilled here um all of the years of hard work that Steve Kerr and the rest of his staff has put into just kind of building out expectations developing players, building a culture and identity and you really don't want to mess with that you don't want to undo that. Uh, and Steve Kerr himself called this situation with Draymond the biggest crisis that he has faced and the team has faced since he's taken over coaching the Warriors. And so you know, in a certain ex- you know, in a certain way, there's just no there's just no place for that on a championship winning team, on a champ- on a repeat championship team, on a team with you know, aspirations for for the future and and trying to maintain their dynastic status with kind of this next group of young players jordan Poole, andrew wiggins jonathan kaminga james wiseman moses moody you know maybe even patrick baldwin jr ryan rawlings um and so that's tough i think draymond green's gonna have a really hard time um Moving past this in a sense of like, this is going to haunt him. This is always going to be there. It's going to be a dark cloud over his tenure with the Warriors. And, you know, I do think that there's a way that he can potentially right the ship to an extent. Obviously, you can't undo the punch, but there's certainly some work that can be done. Um, financially to help make this situation a little bit more tenable and to help Draymond Green kind of express to the organization, to the fans, to his teammates um, through, through dollars, what, you know, what this, what this franchise means to him, what this team means to him and, and what his priorities are moving forward in the future. So, we're going to circle back to all of that and what that means as far as the dollars but let's talk about these big new contracts and what the warriors have decided basically um, you know obviously it was over you know there's a lot of a lot of discourse over the summer about what are the warriors going to do you've got Jordan Poole approaching uh restricted free agency the warriors had until um October 17th to offer him a rookie extension um if they did not he was expected to hit you know he was expected to get more or less a max contract in restricted free agency which the warriors could have matched but obviously um with the tax implications and 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 how much money the warriors are currently fronting for this roster that just seemed unlikely and so it really was a question of well, who are the Warriors going to pick? Draymond, Poole, or Wiggins? Which, which guys are they going to keep and, and who are they going to pay? And so, you know, for I think a lot of us and fans, you know, we saw Jordan Poole, this incredibly young and exciting player, and, you know, what he did in the regular season, how he filled in coming off the bench or starting, depending on the health and availability of, of Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry. He was incredibly productive and a a dynamo of a score in in the playoff, in their recent playoff run. Um, You know, he obviously did struggle against Boston a little bit, but at least through the first two series against Denver and Memphis, I mean, Poole was was absolutely on fire. He looked unstoppable um, on all levels of being a scorer. And so... You know, I think before even this whole Draymond situation, you had this this really young and exciting player that, in my mind, was always no question of, you got to keep Poole. You can't let Poole walk. You can't let Poole walk away. Defense aside, right, I think, you know, the jury's still out as far as what type of defensive player Jordan Poole can become, obviously, for the Warriors to really have a chance for continued sustained excellence and and postseason success pool is going to need to become a average or above average defender and not be a liability on the defensive end if he wants to play a lot of minutes in the postseason but there was obviously a lot to like from from this 23 year old who has shown incredible promise and growth in three years then enter draymond situation where you know, we talked about this a little bit on the last show. Jordan Poole takes a punch to the face, no retaliation, um, no nonsense, no BS, just a pros pro continues to, to go to work and do his business and put the team first and work on his game and not let any of that noise or distraction get to him. And so I think for this for this front office you know, constantly evaluating players and deciding what to do. It's never, you know, these decisions aren't easy. They're not in a vacuum. You're constantly evaluating and adapting. Your criteria changes. Players change and grow and develop over time. But I really think that what solidified the Warriors in offering Poole this rookie extension was you know, how he handled this Draymond Green situation. Because here you have on the one end, a guy who in Draymond Green is, a, you know, an incredible an incredible asset for the team and what he's done for the franchise. But obviously he's a hothead. He's very emotional. You know, lots of technicals in his past, heated arguments, so on and so forth. And then the other end of the spectrum, you've got Jordan Poole, who, you know, I'm not, you know, from what I've seen, Poole is a personality in and of himself. He's got a lot of swag. He's got a lot of, of personality in his own sense, but it seems to be more in a positive light. I don't, Poole doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that is getting into it with other guys during practice or during summer league or during scrimmages, but I'm sure Poole talks trash and all of that, as I'm sure a lot of these guys do. But the point I'm trying to make is that Poole strikes me as a guy on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to, you know, getting technicals, getting upset, getting worked up. And so it was really the icing on the cake for this franchise to look at Jordan Poole, who they were already evaluating and really liked and saw this growth and development. And then you see from a character perspective, he just really fit the bill as far as what the Warriors are looking for. And that just really... I think in my mind sealed the deal for them as far as we're going to lock this guy up. This guy is going to be a warrior for life. Um, you know, we don't want him to hit restrict free agency. And so yesterday on um Saturday, October 15th, Poole signed a 123 million guaranteed contract for years um with an extra 17 million in incentives. Um so what does that mean? Well, first and foremost, uh he got 3 million more than Tyler Hero's deal with the Miami Heat. So, um you know, maybe that's a bargain a little bit. I mean, I was thinking of numbers in like the 140 range, so uh which he did get 140 but only 123 guaranteed and then you know the incentives likely and unlikely include different things like um making an all-star appearance or playing in certain number of games or hitting certain benchmarks so i don't know the specifics of the of the contract what all of those incentives are but the point is uh 123 million guaranteed over 4 years with an extra 17 million in incentives um, this was not the max that Jordan Poole could have asked for or the Warriors could have given him. Um, the max would have been a starting salary of $33.5 million. Um, and so, you know, I think in a sense that this was a great deal for both sides. Jordan Poole gets paid. It's, it's, an, ex- it's, a, it's an absurd amount of money. Uh, Poole's currently getting paid more than James Harden, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum. Um, it's not as much as John Morant or Darius Garland, um, or some of these other young stars have signed, but also, you know, Poole, Pool isn't the star of the Warriors yet. He could become the star of the Warriors for the future, but this is still the Steph Curry show. And so for Poole to get that money is kind of the third or fourth fiddle with, with the opportunity and potential to become, the first fiddle or second fiddle in the future, I think I think really bodes well for both sides. So kudos to Jordan Poole, kudos to the Warriors, working this out before he hit restricted free agency, before the start of the season, just all around excellence. Um, the next deal I want to talk about is Andrew Wiggins. So this one kind of took me by surprise. Um, I was not expecting Wiggins to be dealt with until next season. Um And, you know, I think it was kind of a, a, a coin flip as far as what the Warriors were going to do between Wiggins and Draymond before this incident with Poole. But Wiggins just came off of, you know, one of his best seasons of his career, not necessarily from a statistical standpoint, but when you just look at the impact that he had on the floor, what he did in the postseason, um, the, the double-double that he put up against um the celtics just overall incredible play from a guy who's just entering his prime at 27 years old highly durable highly available willing to do whatever's asked of him whether that's you know pick up full court whether that's score 20 points whether that's focusing on rebounding whether that's defend the other team's best player he is happy and willing to do it with a smile and he's just happy to be in a winning culture after so many years in Minnesota um, you know being overhyped and and being criticized for being a number one pick and not um, you know being productive for what he was being paid so on and so forth so andrew wiggins agreed to a new four year extension worth 109 million which includes dropping next year's salary to 24 million um from this year's of 33.6 million so that is huge news. You basically have Wiggins willing to take a pay cut next year and sign for and sign a four-year deal worth about 10 million a year less than what he's getting paid now. Um, if Wiggins had let his contract expire and hit free agency, he could have gotten the veteran max of 46.9 million next season Um, or he could have demanded a 20% raise from this year's salary of 33.6 but he wasn't going to get that from the Warriors and so for Wiggins it was a question of does he want to get paid somewhere else or how important how important is it for him to stick it out with the Warriors and get paid a little bit less also keep in mind Wiggins was a former number one pick and is at the tail end of a max contract, and so he's already made almost $140 million on previous deals. Uh, Jordan Poole this season was going to make $3.9 million. so this was the first deal for Jordan Poole. Um, when his new deal starts next season, he'll be making a shade under $28 million. so that's a $24 million increase for Jordan Poole. So what this all means is that you pay Jordan Poole 24 million more, and so the Warriors need to find 24 million to cut. And so the Wiggins deal cuts that by about 9.3 million from the payroll, but that still means that the Warriors need to find um, a little bit under 15 million in cuts to keep the payroll at about around 380 million. So these are all rough estimates, right? And we don't know exactly how the new deal is going to affect the tax penalty. We don't know exactly what um, Lacob and Myers are going to be comfortable with luxury tax wise and and salary commitment wise. But if you're just looking at what the Warriors are paying today and how they can sustain that payroll more or less, um, because it's been pretty clear that, you know, Lacob said he's not going to pay 500 million for the team. In salary. That's just obscene. Um, the Warriors were bought by Lake of for 450 million. So the fact that their salary would eclipse what the team was bought for, you know, eight or nine years down the road is just insane. So cut to Draymond Green. Um, you've cut ten, you've cut about ten million from Wiggins. Where's the rest of the money gonna come from? Well. Draymond Green's got $27.6 million owed to him next season if he exercises his player option. So if he does, the Warriors would be about $120 million over where they'd like to be budget-wise. And this is because with the repeater tax now, the Warriors are basically paying $8 for every dollar that they spend. Um, since they are over the luxury tax and have continued to be over the luxury tax that's why it's called the repeater the repeater tax you are exponentially hurt by continuing to remain above the luxury tax threshold so what is the simplest approach to solving the warrior's crisis while keeping everyone together Draymond Green opts out of his last year of his deal via player option and re-signs with the Warriors on a team friendly deal. So he could do something like what Kavan Looney did, which was a three-year 25 million. And so, you know, rather than making 27.6 million, he'd be making, you know, whatever, something in the, the eight eight million range, but under ten. That gets the Warriors at their payroll commitment. Um, That shows the team and the organization, you know, hey, Draymond Green, I want to continue to play with the Warriors. I want to continue to win. I want to continue to be a part of this incredible franchise. I understand that, you know, there is no undoing what I'm done, but this is me showing my teammates and the organization and the fans that you know, I am a loyal warrior, and I want to make the situation as right as I can. Um, you know, I've I've had a lucrative career and and getting paid with the Warriors, and I'm you know willing to take less money to help keep the band together. Short of that, um, if Draymond Green opts into his 27.6 million player option for next season, depending on how the Warriors do this season. I don't know how tenable that is. Maybe maybe Leica bites the bullet for a year to try and, you know, 3 assuming the Warriors win this season, which is obviously a big, a big assumption. Um obviously I think the Warriors are title contender title favorites coming into the season. Um, but don't count your chickens before they hatch. So short of that, I don't know if Draymond Green's gonna be able to stick around with the Warriors if he wants to get paid in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 million a year the warriors have clearly expressed priority for younger healthier more available less drama players um andrew wiggins there has not been a single incident you know short of the covid protocols i think coming into last season he was a little he was a little uh, unsure. Um, and didn't really want to get the vaccine, which he needed to because in San Francisco we had the mandate. Um, ultimately, he did. There was a lot of drama coming into the season about what he was going to do, if he was going to miss games, this, that, and the other. But in the end, he got the booster, he got the vaccine, he was available to play, he didn't miss any games because of it. Um, the organization has spoken. We want to invest in our young talented players to continue to be a successful basketball organization and to set ourselves up for future success in the league and if Draymond Green wants to be a part of that he's going to need to accept less money otherwise you know short of this year and maybe next that might be the end of you know Draymond Green and the Warriors which would obviously be you know, a sad chapter to, you know, to turn away from. Um, And, you know, I think we'll just have to see. We're going to continue to monitor, obviously, how Draymond Green does this season. It would be great for him to have a resurgence offensively. Um, I don't know, you know, with his back and, and just kind of, you know, Draymond Green's approaching 33 years in age. So, Father Time has caught up with him, all of those playoff minutes, all of the banging and bumping with bigger players as he's the undersized forward going up against big boy centers. And so that takes a toll on your body. I don't know how many miles Draymond has left. I don't know how many, you know, 30 to 35 minutes per game regular seasons Draymond can play. I do think, though, if Draymond Green's willing to take a pay cut and transition into kind of this Iguodala role where... He has a reduced role. He is more of a mentor and a veteran, offering guidance and leadership to the team and to the youngsters, teaching them how to improve. Jonathan Kaminga gets more opportunity to take some playing time, and you save Draymond Green for the playoffs. I mean, not to say that he's not going to play, but maybe he doesn't need to play 32 minutes. Maybe he can play in the upper 20s, and then that kind of declines to the lower 20s and then to the teens. And, And, you know, I think that is a situation... If Draymond Green's open to that, I think the Warriors would certainly want to keep him around, assuming that he can keep all the drama aside. But I don't know how important it is to Green to get paid. I don't know if his ego can handle Poole and Wiggins getting all this money and then Green agreeing for less. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think only time will tell. But that certainly is going to be an interesting situation to see how all of that shakes out so that's all i had for you guys today we've got nba regular season tipping off against the lakers tuesday october 18th opening night at chase ring ceremony it's going to be crazy uh basketball is here the wait is over and with that For all my fantasy listeners out there, whatever you're doing, if you haven't gone over to sportsethos.com and picked up the Brewski 150 for your fantasy drafts, I don't know what you're doing. This guy is absolutely incredible, delivering win after win after win every season. So the Brewski 150 is available to all Fantasy Monthly members, including the extremely affordable Fantasy Pass at just $5.99 a month. Head to sportsethos.com to upgrade to a Fantasy Pass and dominate your drafts. And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, give me a follow over at Twitter. That's at S.D. Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys.